the Curtain Jerks right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. And I'm Steve Sears. We have a jam-packed show, and what everybody wants to know is who won the contest, damn it. Who won the year of WWE Network? Scott, who? Uh, well, we're going to tell everybody, we're going to draw a name out of a hat. We've got all. You can hear it, right? You can hear all those names. we got a lot of submissions. And Steve's wearing a hat, so we're going to pull, I wrote down everybody's names, and if you submitted more than once, then you got two entries in there, but this is how we're doing it. And honestly, I will be taking the hat off my head to put all those entries into it, so we can take the uh, entrance out of the hat. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. We're not going to do it out of just the little reservoir on the top of the hat, because they just fall out. We're not going to take them all out, and then the last one that we pull out of there isn't. What a slow, boring process that would be for a winner. (laughs) tell everybody who it isn't. That's Royal Rumble style is what that is. Yeah, that's, let's find out if you're number one or 30. Ooh, 29, 29, 29. No, 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 that's throwing out all the other participants, and then the last one remaining. Oh, I was thinking of getting your Royal Rumble entry number. Oh. See, you're a man of action, I'm a man of tiny ping pong balls. That's right, we're a comedy wrestling podcast. I'd say the only one, because I don't do that much research. Oh, uh, you're just implying that none of the other podcasts are funny. I'm saying other wrestling podcasts out there tell you how to book shows better. They tell you the recap of everything that's going on in wrestling. Or they get actual interviews that are like deep and psychological with a wrestler. Or with a wrestler you really want to hear from. Yeah, Colt Cabana. Yeah, Colt, I'd love to talk to Colt Cabana. I would too, but he's, I think I've offended him. He's got a funny podcast. He's got a very funny podcast well, that I listen to, and you're pretending like you do. Oh no, I've listened to two episodes once, maybe by myself. I listen to <laughs> what? I listen to the Scrap Iron Adam Pierce episode with you on the way yes. to Phoenix, shit and I listen. Yeah, Shit Pockets, great episode. And then the other one was uh, Gallows. I listened to Gallows episode while I was doing the dishes once. Why did you pick Gallows of all people? Uh, Not to say that there's anything... That's a good episode, but what what compelled you to listen to Gallows? I don't know. There was... I think I read something because people were saying how crazy Gallows was, just in terms of how much he works. Sure. So I was really interested to hear about it, and I was like, oh, man, for being, like, what I thought of just sort of a guy in straight-edge society, I was like, nope, you've been wrestling forever all over the world, and you're really good at it. So that was really exciting to hear about. And that's what Colt does. Colt's a life podcast. Colt's a wrestling podcast. As he states himself, we bring you what's funny every week in wrestling right here on this podcast. Yeah. That's our MO. Colt Cabana's podcast, well-earned laughs. This, cheap shots, dick jokes, (laughs) farts into Ziploc bags, save them so you can give them to somebody. Hey, you need to put your sandwich in something? I got this bloated Ziploc bag for you. Why don't you use this? (laughs) Oh, uh, why is it frozen? No reason. (laughs) Uh, you freeze it so that way the bag doesn't melt. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's exactly what our show is. It has uh, not been summed which, up any better. A uh, long time ago, uh, I was at summer camp, and this girl <laughs> had hiccups really bad. And the teacher was like, take a Ziploc bag, fill it up with air, and then sit on it, but don't pop the bag. And she did that, and her hiccups were gone. And I think it was because she was so focused on not popping the bag she was sitting sure. on that uh, she forgot about the hiccups. Uh, I have done... I got busted with this early on with the lady jerk um, uh, that she had hiccups and I started, I said like, who's your second grade teacher? And just started all these odd questions and just following this this trail of logic with it. And then um, after like three minutes, I go, your hiccups are gone, right? And she goes... Oh, fuck you. I thought you were really interested in me asking you all these questions. That's really great because it's like a, it's a double-edged sword of concern. It's like, oh, I'm really going to help her get rid of these uh, hiccups. 
Oh wait, all that stuff. I didn't. I wasn't really registering each answer. I just thought it'd be great to get rid of those hiccups. Yeah, I was really proud of myself. I'm like, this is totally gonna work, and she's gonna be fucking floored by it. <laughs> to her, it was probably super romantic. Like, and then we just stayed up all night, and he was asking Talking me about all each these one of my teachers. Just when you know when you get to that point where you're like, just ask me anything. I'll tell you anything. I never think of that stuff. I never. When it's like, you know, you can ask me anything at any time. I really don't think of that. I don't think to do that. Well, I mean, I, I think to do it probably with wrestlers. Like, what can we ask them? Yeah, it's like, oh, How man. heavy is a belt? Yeah, is it really heavy? Or like, is it heavy when you're wearing it? Or is it over the shoulder? Is that why you choose the shoulder? Because on your waist, it's like, it doesn't feel good. Oh, I, you also run the risk of a lot of scolosis. Jeez, whoa. <laughs> Scalosi Put sounds that like plastic a, bag down. I'm, I'm trying not to burn into it. Don't breathe that in. Oh, forget it. Scolio, a scol- oh, shit. <laughs> I, I got scoliosis. Anyway, scoliosis. Yeah. If the belts are too heavy, you're gonna have a lot of guys walking around sort of like lopsided. Yeah, that's uh, Bully Ray wears it around his neck, and that's that's bad news. Yeah, that looks super badass though. It does look badass, but it's probably painful. If anything, it kind of looks like his head's coming out of the toilet, and he's like <laughs> like. That's how, that's how people stop using bat. Like, if you had a problem with a drought, and it's like, honestly, they should do some sort of commercial where a bully ray's head comes out of the toilet, and it's like, hey, you better let that, that yellow mellow, something like that. Then nobody, the kids don't go to the bathroom. Anymore. It's like uh, the kids from Look Who's Talking Now. They don't want to use the toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me a pee-pee. Give me a pee-pee. <laughs> you, I've had you do that impersonation on the podcast like five times. But that's uh, that's Mel Brooks doing it, but now he's doing Bully Ray saying like, Hey, give me a pee-pee. Give me a pee-pee. Give me a pee-pee. Uh, yeah, and then those kids like are all scared and then shows them clearly a passage of time where they're sitting in their clubhouse going, So how did he get the toilet seat around his neck with the bottom part being on his shoulders? How did that... How did that work? What do you have to do in order for that to happen? You know, now I'm just imagining poor kids rocking back and forth, hugging their knees <laughs> and, their, and their awesome tree hug. I'm not giving them their pee-pee. On a side note, there was somebody who we used to work with in comedy, um, who we don't work with anymore, who... <laughs> it always makes me crack up because people miss him, and they shouldn't because he's a little shitbag. Uh, he, he told us that when he was a kid... He didn't like pooping, so he would crouch in the corner and hold in his poop. Uh, what makes that sound really excruciating is that by crouching, if anything, you're increasing <laughs> the likelihood of pooping. Like, I, there was this big article on NPR about, like, you're supposed to be, like, your knees are supposed to be up by your, almost your shoulders when you're taking a shit. What? Because, like, you're, the way your body, like, your butthole and like the entire tube inside you that releases the uh the film <laughs> it straightens and like the rest of the time it's sort of kinked a little bit but when you like bring your knees and you hug your knees and you're squatting like your butt like everything gets aligned so pooping just like goes really fast is that like how a dog is and then it just clenches it off at the end and then you're good to go yeah well a dog sort of it like that's why you crouch but if your toilet's too high you're like you're adding like an extra turn on the trip for the shit train to get out and you don't want sharp turns for trains. Which... You want a straight shot. Okay, let's bring it back but, to wrestling. No, before we get to wrestling, oh, well, if this guy was, was, was going to shit in the corner, the <laughs> last thing you'd want to do is crouch, Scott. The <laughs> last thing. Which wrestler do you think pulls his knees up to his shoulders? It, like, that's how he poops, but he doesn't tell anybody about it. Well, I mean, I'm sure plenty of Japanese wrestlers 
like if they're like there's western <laughs> toilets and then there's salt sort sure. of like the eastern sort of like there's the hole in the ground or like the porcelain low toilets and yeah. stuff like that i think those guys can really shit any way they want but I imagine Big Show, like, doing the squat or something would no still... No way. You don't think so? No. Big Show, it's too much effort. Like, well, I'm sure he's too. not balancing on the toilet. I mean, like, with his, like, sort of, like, with his <laughs> ankles sort of pointing forward and he's sort of looking like a, a statue. I'm picturing what you're talking about with the... It's not the crouch because you can't really get too low at some point. I'm going to do it right now. I'm okay. not going to take a poop, but I'm, I'm going to... It's this. Oh, it's... It's, okay, the, so it's the Jeff... What Steve's doing right now is... <laughs> it's I the think... Japanese guy smoking a cigarette waiting for the bus. You know what I'm talking about? No, not at all. <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the crouch. I'm going to describe this. That Steve... The I'll position, keep it going. <laughs> the position he has seems very dangerous for two reasons. Because what he's doing is his feet would be on the rims of the toilet seat. Um, and his ankles are perched up high in the air. His knees are bent. And then he's also holding on on both sides... To the no handlebars that a toilet has. Well, this would be a towel rack, and then I think this would be edge of bathtub. No way, like something bad's gonna happen. That towel rack goes, and then you slip, and then crack your head open on the side of the tub. And then everybody wonders what's happening, and you got a big poop snake coming out of you. And the other problem is, then you shit on your ankles. With you you got to be careful that, about that. Well, yeah, because the way I pictured it is this. Now you describe what I'm doing is what you described to me. <laughs> All right, so what Scott's doing is he's hugging his knees and he's doing a cannonball, but it looks like all of his pressure would be <laughs> would be in the hole of the toilet. So and in his case, you would have to have the toilet seat down because if not, he would literally be sitting in the water. He's doing like, it's not so much a cannonball because cannonball, you bring your knees together in front of, he's doing a watermelon, but without head first. Yeah, the, the legs are separated. Yeah. Because you said your knees got to be up by your shoulders. Yeah, pretty much. See, now the person I picture that, that actually poops that way? Yeah. Tyson Kidd. Yeah, I can see that. It's, the, it's all that Canadian super training in the dungeon. Yeah, that's how... I'm sure that whole Hart family poops that way. Natalia? Well, it's and apparently it saves a lot of time. So, I mean, imagine if you have <laughs> Stu Hart, like, like baiting on the door. It's like, get on back down to the dungeon. You're taking too long in there. What are you, pulling your pecker? Hold your knees up. Yeah, hold your you. knees up. I told you, you need to save a bunch of... You need to save a bunch of... I would realize my Stu Hart is a little too fast and a little too aggressive. It's a little... It needs to be quieter and scarier, right? That's exactly why we don't do impersonations on this yeah, show. Yeah, no. On this show, we only have real live guests. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have Stone Cold and Booker T on at times. Ugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so uh, I think we've explored... See? That's exactly what happened. On this show, we explore these types of things. Cole Cabana talks about, you know, this and that. Pro Wrestling Torch does whatever they do. We're the ones to tackle wrestlers pooping. Well, I mean, when you say it's a life podcast, I feel like anything, this is probably the most life-affirming our podcast has ever been. <laughs> and when I say affirming the uh, literal biological facets that make life possible. I am so excited for one day. We've been doing this for three years now. I'm so excited for the day that a wrestler listens to our show, knows what it is, and wants to have these weird conversations that we do and explore it in the way that we do with us. Well, I, I think what's sort of interesting about that is that we're always sort of fascinated by road stories. 
And I think a lot of what this podcast is is sort of the equivalent of two guys driving in a car who knows to where and from where they don't know. <laughs> Very true. But that'll be such an exciting day when we don't have to explain what we are and then they go, hmm, comedy. Well, it's when you get five to ten minute interviews with people, it's really hard to be like, hey, so you just want to uh, throw some bits back and forth? It's like, bits, do you mean stuffing from a turkey or do you mean... Like, change at each other? It's like, no, just, you know, shooting the shit. Bang, bang. Well, yeah, it's... You would think that our format would be so much more welcome to guys because do you really want to go on another podcast or some other shoot interview where it's like, December 6th, uh, 1997, you were in a segment with Triple H and uh, Test and Stephanie. Did you see what was going to happen at the time? Was there, like, under... Was there tensions going on backstage? Like, I don't know. Or the classic... So you're like a really good wrestler and stuff. Like, who who are some of your idols? Like, what what got you into wrestling? Yeah, all that shit. Uh, we don't do that. No, 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 no. Uh, no, we're we're much more exciting, much more uh, unexpected. Yeah, in your face. Like a guy right now who's incredibly exciting, unexpected all the time. Very dynamic. Are we talking about who I think we're talking? We're about? talking about Dean. Oh yeah, Dean is great. I mean, that's, that is one of the major reasons why I'm excited to watch any show is because I want to see when he pops up, what he's going to say, what he's going to do, because it's always, it's always different. It's always weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there, it's always illuminating, I feel like. You're always sort of getting into that sort of new realm, and I, I just, it makes a lot of wrestling pretty interesting to me. He's Probably what, one of my favorite things going. Yeah, he's what everybody talks about, and I would love to have Dean on the podcast. All right, it's out there. You put it into the ether, Scott. I, I just would love it. It would be great. It'd be super fucking awesome. Oh, wait a minute. I'm checking the dry erase board, which has replaced the docket, and it looks like we've got Dean on the show today, Scott. Really? Yeah, it says Dean. Mm, I just considered about waiting for him to come on, and it's like, people will wait real no, time. No, no, let's talk. No editing. Let's talk until he shows up, all right? Oh, he would have kicked off things great. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of Raw, Scott, Okay. Uh, apparently everybody's a buzz about The Rock showing up. And I think it was a really exciting segment. We watched it together. Uh, Lana and Rusev came out, and they talked their business about Russia and how great Rusev is and how poo-poo America. And uh, uh, The Rock came out, and a lot of people are saying that it was sort of like he gave them the rub. Like, he sort of burned them down, but at the same time, they threw punches and <laughs> they threw some, uh, some, some knuckles around. And, uh, but everybody's saying that Lana Rusev actually sort of came out of it looking pretty cool. Mm. And The Rock, you know, was The Rock. But now we have a very special guest to the podcast. Here to comment on that is Bitter Wrestling Fan. Make way. Oh, uh, sorry. Excuse me. Get out of my way. Uh, please help yourself, Scott. What's uh, your internet password? Well, for the Wi-Fi? Your, yes, your internet password. Uh, I'd have to check the keychain access. I don't know. Then you'll need to do so because I'm going to have to blog about my experience here today. Uh, well, Bitter Wrestling Fan, thank you for joining us on Curtain Jerks. Um, You're number 44 when it comes to searching for wrestling podcasts on iTunes. Uh, I've been informed that's actually quite good. Hmm. Wow. Uh, well, uh, oh, here's the Wi-Fi password. It's right here on this post-it note. Hmm, very clever. Thank you. Marking out. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a wrestling term. Well, actually, the marking part is with a C because of uh, Mark Wazeka. His, his name is Mark with a C. Just so. figured you were poor spellers. 
Uh, well, uh, I understand you have some comments about uh, Monday's Raw. Terrible. Really? The worst Monday Night Raw that has ever been in existence of Monday Night Raw. In over a thousand episodes, it was the worst. Uh, what about the episode, uh, remember when CM Punk turned on The Rock at Raw? Raw 1000? Yeah, what about 1001? Wouldn't you say that would be a letdown episode? That one was also one of the worst episodes, as was Raw 1000. That was an incredible... Are you kidding me? That was an incredible episode. That was right after WrestleMania, right? And then CM Punk decided to clothesline The Rock, and it was awesome? Daniel Bryan was underutilized in that Raw. Uh, oh, wow. He did not get married to AJ Lee, which therefore did not give him the rub. Instead, Slick came out and stole the show, which is not important because... Slick is established, and he does not need the push. Oh my god. You know what? I have a feeling that I know exactly how this interview is going to go. I, you know, I'm not even an interview. This is supposed to be a segment. You were supposed to be allowed to talk about Raw. I think this is going to turn into an interview, but a wrestling fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Alright. Well, in terms of Raw... Are you sorry, or are you not sorry? I need to know in order to blog this experience. Well, I'm sure you're familiar with the term, sorry, not sorry. But I'm definitely not sorry. Now, what exactly did you have Raw? What was wrong with Raw? What was wrong with Raw? Yeah. The question that would inspire more thought would be, what was right with Raw? Uh, I would the probably, answer was nothing. I, I would say Lana was probably my favorite part of Raw. Oh, really? How did she get over it all? Uh, How was she created as a new diva? I, I don't know. She just sort of looked. She had that moment when The Rock started complimenting her. And it was just like this very sort of human moment. And then at one point she told The Rock to shut up. And on The Rock's face, he had this sort of genuine moment of like, oh, I'm going to shut up now. And Lana, like, uh, she put The Rock in his place. Do you blog? On occasion. Do you really? Uh, no. So therefore, you're disagreeing with me? I'm a blogger. I don't think that... Yeah! Oh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah! What just happened? You're disagreeing with me. Uh, uh, yeah! A bitter wrestling fan. Uh, there's something... Something's wrong with your yeah! voice. Uh, Do not disagree. I have been watching wrestling since the time I was born. Alright, well... Uh, yeah! Ha, well, how about this? How about some positives? Scott and I are really looking forward to Hell in a Cell. Hell in the Cell is going to be terrible in this PG era. There will be no blood, therefore there is nothing at stake. You don't need any blood. There's The titles are at stake. Storylines are at stake. You you are wrong, Bitter Wrestling Brock Lesnar is not defending his title at Hell in the Cell, therefore there is no drawing power at that show. He doesn't have to be at the pay-per-view. You've got enough interesting stuff going on. You don't need Lesnar to be there. I am paying $9.99 every month in order to watch the WWE World Heavyweight championship be defended and it is not being defended at wwe hell in the cell therefore that is going to be one of the worst pay-per-views of the entire year oh sorry special event <laughs> what is happening are you it is gonna be when a... i get extremely upset i make noises <laughs> i'll say does that translate to your blog it's very difficult to spell that word out well look I don't think you need to have a title defense at Hell in a Cell because you've got people building up the storyline to chase the title down. You've got Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins is going to be there, Dean, John Cena, everybody's going to be there. John Cena doesn't need it. John Cena is a well-established superstar that has been holding all of the talent down. 
That's he elevates other talent. What are you talking about? Even if he beats them, they still get to be in a program with Cena. Yeah, but then they're buried, and then their family breaks up. Yeah, that that is not true. Whose family breaks up? The Wyatt family. They are no longer a family because John Cena beat them. Much like how my father left my mother. <laughs> wow, look, I think we might have stepped into something that I wasn't prepared for. Uh, is there anything on the WWE Network that you do enjoy watching? Maybe let's change gears a little bit, huh? Anything that you do enjoy watching? Legends of Wrestling is the greatest show because they talk about the business. Wow. Okay, it sounds a little bit boring, but I'm sure it's interesting. And it's it is old-time wrestlers talking about the business and how everything was once great and the paydays. You really get to learn what wrestling was all about. Well, yeah, but I mean, wrestling has to evolve because the audience evolves. Like, wrestling's never going to be like its heyday anymore. Michael Hayes should be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Jim Ross should be inducting him. And everything should be commentated by Mean Gene Okerlund. Well, uh, granted, that sounds great, but I just don't think that's realistic for right now's wrestling sort of, you know, atmosphere. Really? Do you have to throw to a commercial right now for Mountain Dew, you corporate sellout? Uh, no, but I am enjoying this Ito and Oi Ocha, Japan, Japan's number one green tea. Oh, I'm sure you're very well versed on the Japanese wrestling scene. Uh, New Japan is about all I know about it. Name three wrestlers in New Japan. Uh, jeez, I don't know, Prince Devitt, um... He's been signed by the WWE! Oh my gosh, uh... And he's bound to be buried at any point now. Okay, alright, Tiger Mask, is he still around? No. Alright, uh... Al Snow, Chris Benoit? You call yourself a wrestling podcast? Well, Scott usually covers that sort of cachet on that. I'm just more like color commentary and sort of, I try to bring the heart. You guys don't even know about wrestling. It's at the worst it's ever been right now. Really? You I... don't see it for what it is. The wrestling industry is about to die. No one's going anymore. No one cares. Honestly, I... I'm not just speaking on behalf of 22-year-olds that live in their basements where their family left them. Wait a minute. Bitter wrestling fan, are you telling me that no one's upstairs at your home? Oh man, uh, can I order? Can I order you some Doritos with nachos on top of them? Would that make you feel better, buddy? Nothing makes me feel better. Nope. Not even wrestling. Wow. Uh, well, bitter wrestling fan, thanks for joining us. Um, hey, tell you what, why don't you go over to the guest lounge, get yourself a breakfast burrito, and uh, see how you feel in a little bit. All right. All right. You can put on some Wrestle War, huh? Maybe some World War Three. Maybe some old WCW pay per views. That cheer you up. It would. All right. All right, I'm going to go. Okay. This podcast was a terrible experience. You're one of the worst wrestling podcasts. You don't even know your Japanese wrestling. Well, I'll email you a link so you can host uh, this episode, okay? Thanks. Hey, Scott, I just thought of something. Uh, when we have guests like that and I read stuff on the internet about, uh, I guess, the IWC, the Internet Wrestling Community. Yeah. I, was, I say that loosely. I don't feel like it's a community. It's not like people are reaching out to each other and helping them by any means. Yeah, I don't think anybody's friends. Oh, except big shout out to wrestling memes. That's, <laughs> that, they're good people. That's good people. That's good people right there. I think uh, when people think about bitter wrestling fans, I really feel like maybe it's just that they got their own, they've got shit going on in their lives. <laughs> and when they watch wrestling and it doesn't hit the same notes for them anymore, then it's just not, it's like, 
going to In-N-Out Burger or go, getting like your favorite food and having it not taste as good as that first time. Yeah, this is the escape. This is the good stuff. Yeah. And if it's if you watch wrestling every day or you're reading the dirt sheets, like we said that a couple episodes. Yeah, it's you're you're watching the hot dogs get made. <laughs> oh, that's what it was last time. Buttholes and, and toes. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think every fan has a choice at some point when... Because I know I've been there. Um, that's why I didn't stand near him. I didn't want to get that inf- infection again. Yeah, Scott piped down because he decided to go over to the other side of the room and like play that card game. What is that WWE card game? WWE Supercard! Yeah, you took your iPad during the podcast and you started playing it over there. It's fucking addicting, that game. It looks really fun. And the cards bounce around in the ring and they like bend and stuff. I yeah. love anthropomorphic anything. I have one really frightening Miz card, which I need to tweet out, and I have one really funny one. Yeah. Um, but uh, about the bitter wrestling fans that exist, it's I was there, I was that guy, and then I made the decision of, I gotta enjoy this. Like, if I don't enjoy this, why am I doing this? You have... I don't know any better than these guys. Like, there are times when, sure, I can, I can think, like, oh, wouldn't this be better? Wouldn't that be better? I don't know what's going on. You have the choice to laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're at a show or if you're watching something that's funny, you have the choice to laugh or you have the choice to just think about how terrible something's going to be. Or just get up and leave. Yeah. The the beauty of, I can watch uh, Kathy Lee Gifford and Hoda with Adam Rose and the bunny and all that shit. Like, I can watch it and go, this is dog shit and laugh. Or I can hate it and fast forward it. Like, that's the beauty. I don't have to watch it, hate it, and then just say wrestling is miserable and go... This this segment's fucking miserable, and they did it. People got paid to put this together. Like, all everything that goes into it, and the fans just tearing into them, and Kathy Lee Gifford being unaware, like, her immediately saying, what did we do? <laughs> I think also when you set the standard, set the bar so low, when there's a segment that's just okay, it's going to feel like genius. It's going to feel like it's, like... So tightly scripted and so well produced and so like those those wrestlers are really portray I'm gonna buy this pay-per-view. Yeah. I'm getting this pay-per-view. That segment was perfect. So yeah, it's yes, everyone's bitter at times. Everyone says this sucks at times, but it's not always that bad because then whatever shitty moment happens, then realize that Kathy Lee Gifford and Hoda came out and drank and broke bottles over their asses. They did? Yes, they did. Wow, I did not see that. And what other fans don't see, Steve, what other fans are unaware of, and then whatever I get into a Twitter conversation about TNA, they fucking lambaste them, they knock them down and do all that shit, and then when I actually talk to them about it and say, are you watching, are you seeing this segment, are you seeing this? And most of the time it's like half and half, uh, and they go, no, I don't want to watch that. No, I don't want to see the Hardys and the Dudleys and all that. I don't want to see that segment. Have you seen Rockstar Spud and Ethan Carter? Well, Ooh. that shit's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so they got their pay-per-view. And this this really bums me out in one way that I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to go on this road trip. This is going to be their Japanese pay-per-view, right? This is going. This is Bound for Glory in on J- October 12th. In Japan? In Tokyo, Japan. Uh, this is their WrestleMania. So this is they got uh, Team 3D, which is Bully Ray and Devon, going into the Hall of Fame. And uh, they have their card. But I've been catching up on everything. Oh, and they're the... Kuro- Oh boy, I don't know how to say it. Kurokuyan Hall in Tokyo? Mark had went there. Oh yeah, it's a 
It's smaller than he said. He said it was a little bit smaller of a venue, but a legendary venue in Japan. Yeah. Korakuen, right? It's somewhere. I, yeah. You probably nailed it. No, um, I probably didn't. Also, a Purple Heart is the medal you're awarded when you're wounded. You're that's right. right. <laughs> um, as one of our listeners and one of my friends said. So, I've caught up on iTunes. This is an amazing thing. And maybe at some point, uh, I know most of you are probably listening to this going like, why would anybody fucking want that? That's horseshit. I'm sure I can hear the bitter wrestling fan in the in the lounge saying all that. Uh, that maybe at some point uh, in 2015, I'll do uh, a giveaway for the season pass on iTunes uh, that you could then watch all Impact all year long. Because that's how I'm watching Impact now. I feel like if people have access to multiple TNA episodes, they would either uh, double down on disliking it, or hopefully more likely, they'd be like, oh man, this is an alternative to WWE. Yeah. So, like, things are, interesting things are going on in wrestling. Yeah, there's some cool segments that, yes, with any wrestling show, not everything's going to hit, but there are times where, like, well, that's pretty fucking cool. Oh, I like this segment. I like that guy. The, uh, the not watching but passing judgment is really, like, I've said, I think I told this story, but I remember being in line at, a, at an indie show and being like, yeah, some interesting stuff's going on TNA, and the guy who was sitting next to me was like, yeah, I'm not really into how much it's like WCW again. And I was like, oh, have you been watching? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, I watched some WCW, and this doesn't feel like that at all. So Yeah, watch. Form your own opinion. Yeah. Um, I didn't get in his face, though, even <laughs> though I think I could have taken it. <laughs> well, I've been watching. But that wheelchair could really pick up speed, so, <laughs> I, you know. And it's motorized. It's motorized, shit. so, yeah. It's not a matter of, like, he can't get over the hump that is my legs. It's he's, when is he going to get over the hump that is my legs? So here's the crazy part about it is I've been watching and I'm going like, I'm almost caught up. There's only one more week of television. I don't know what's on the card. I have there, zero. Like, Are you going to go over the card right now? I am going to go over the card right now because this is me learning about what's on the card right now. And me learning out. because I'm probably going to ask you who, we, who, who each wrestler is. <laughs> well, I'll be able to explain half of them. <laughs> hey, it's your dad. Just want to make sure you're watching your pro wrestling in here. You got a bunch of those baddies. Huh? They're going to be taking the old three count up the old patoot. Huh? Is that how it goes? So here's what we got so far, Dad. Uh, we've got... What I guess is the headline match, the Great Muda and Tajiri versus James Storm and the Great Sonata. Oh, that sounds awesome. That's the headliner? I guess so, because there is no World Heavyweight title match. What? Yeah, I'm very confused about it, too. Well, what are you, you going to do? It's Japan. That sounds like an awesome main event. And in Japan, it's going to be... And it's it's going to be very respectful. And it's super silly when all the Japanese fans chant Rashri. Yeah. You can't have that. Yeah. Oh, Lashley. Yeah, gotcha. But they'd say Rashri. Who? Wait, who? What's who's who's in this? It's Muda and Muda and Tajiri versus James Storm and the Great Sanada. Oh, why? Well, Sanada what? is now great because he's with James Storm. Yeah. Okay. So that's super cool. So it's Great Sanada versus Great Muda. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, culmination. I guess you could say that sounds really cool. <laughs> and then we got Team 3D versus Abyss and Tommy Dreamer. So they're gonna do some stupid stuff. That sounds really gross. That's going to be really cool. It's going to be really gross. I All think right, it's going to yeah, be more gross than anything. We'll get some halogen, maybe some, bulb, uh, <laughs> some halogen bulbs, maybe some barbed wire boards. Then we got this. This one's going to be super kick-ass. Samojo versus Loki versus Kaz Hayashi. I might know who Kaz Hayashi is. I'm not totally certain. I, I'm But that's, that's for the X Division Championship. And Samojo and Loki have been having some fucking crazy matches lately. 
Then we got Ethan Carter the third versus Ryoto Hama. This is where we need Warzaka because I don't know who these guys are. Okay. MVP versus Kazma Sakamoto. Okay. Manic versus Minoru Tanaka. And then we got Havoc versus Velvet Sky for the TNA Knockouts Championship. Havoc is the newest knockout. She's really big. Oh, she's that monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She killed Gail Kim. She killed her dead, took her title. Didn't she kill Gail Kim? And then in that same episode, Gail Kim went after her. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just want to um, make sure I remember that right. And then Andy Wu and Hijo del Pantera versus Kuroshio Ikemen Jiro and y- Yusuke Kodama. Fuck yeah, Pantera! <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody's saying. <laughs> and bring your Andy Wu signs, everybody. Because Wu's in the house. It sounds like TNA is really setting themselves up for like a uh, hometown sort of show. Even though it's their biggest show of the year, they also realize this is how we get butts in the seat. This is not a standard pay-per-view by any means, and that's why I think it's even more interesting because it's such a weird fucking mashup. It sounds like a crossover show. That's yeah. what sounds really cool about it. This is your image versus... Uh, Valiant Comics. That's right. You're not getting your DC <laughs> yeah, and Marvel. No, no, no. <laughs> image and Valiant Comics <laughs> with like a small like show up from like Concrete from Dark Horse or something like that. That's right. <laughs> no, man, X and Ghost are going to be here too. <laughs> I don't know who those are, but I know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, I think there's going to be some... Oh, dude, there. Grendel! <laughs> uh, I would highly recommend... Uh, this is the best way I'd say to watch Bound for Glory if you're like, I'm not going to watch Bound for Glory. Find someone that has cable, get all your wrestling buddies together, pull in your money so you're spending like five, six bucks tops, get a bunch of food, crack some jokes, make fun of it. Do not Twitter. watch it by yourself. Yeah, because then it's... Unless you... I mean, if you, it's the only way to watch it, watch it. But if you have a chance to watch it with more than one other person in the room, do it. Yeah, if you're Mr. Monopoly, you just sit there in your car with your dog and your thimble and just enjoy because you got that money to spend. But otherwise, get together with friends. Call up Buffalo Wild Wings Cafe, <laughs> whatever it's called, yeah. and demand Bound for Glory. Yeah, it, it would be a lot of fun watching it with a bunch of people and getting to see all the different guys and trying out whatever the fuck this is going to be. Because yeah. WWE's not going to do anything like this. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the first ECW One Night Stand. Because there was, like, the first, was it Tanaka and Mike Awesome? Yeah. I didn't know either of those guys were, but it was my favorite oh. match of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's other classic matches of theirs that we should watch together. But like th- Those two I knew. Yeah, but there's that sort of element where it's like, who's that guy? And it's like, all right. And like, I'm totally being on board. And I feel like if you have a bunch of Japanese wrestlers you've never seen before, and they're going against familiar faces, they're like, chances are you're going to be brought in by the familiar face, and then you're going to be impressed by whoever the new person is. Now I'm super bummed that Masato Tanaka is not fighting Bobby Rashery. <laughs> you know what, Scott? I know you were excited earlier, but I keep looking up at that dry erase board, and I keep seeing Dean, and now I think I'm getting excited for, uh, for our guest. Behold, for I am here. What the fuck? Who are you? Dean Douglas. Shane Douglas? Uh, Dean Douglas. You're... <laughs> Wearing a button-up yellow shirt and khakis. What is happening here? What is happening is I am enlightening you 
let me just write that. I'm not going to use your dry erase board. I'm going to use this chalkboard that is here. I'm not sure if I'm close enough for the microphones to pick this up. Are you going to be writing Ambrose on that chalkboard and you're going to be introducing him? Because I was excited for Dean Ambrose, who I thought we were having on the show today. Dean Ambrose is not here. Instead, it is I, Dean Douglas. Oh, my... Scott? Scott! Scott, where are you going? Scott, come on! Scott! The Enlightening Fun! Well, listeners... That's Scott... my moniker! Let me write down the word moniker. Thank you. Scott just Can left... you hear it? Can you hear it on the microphones? I'm writing on this chalkboard. I'm sure they'll moniker. hear it. Moniker. Listeners, Scott it just is... left the room. means a nickname. And we are... Our special guest today is not Dean Ambrose, but it is Shane Douglas. Excuse me. Dean Douglas. Dean Douglas. I believe you would remember him from... Is that WCW programming? I was in the WWF. I caused Shawn Michaels to lose his smile and gain the Intercontinental Championship. Those were good times. Let me write down good times equals Dean Douglas. Wow. Uh... Where are you hiding that smile of yours? Where is that smile? Give me that smile. Coochie coo. Coochie Coo. All right, okay, all right. I, I'm not familiar with these promos. That's why I feel like this is so out of place to have you on today. But I just want to point out, Shane, excuse me, Dean, that you're kind of a fascinating character. Well, then I should perhaps win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Brock Lesnar because no one would want to see Dean M. Boo. He's boring, Rose. Win it. <laughs> Actually, I think a lot of people would like to see Dean Ambrose go up against Brock. Honestly, I think Dean Ambrose would be a, a worthwhile opponent for Brock Lesnar. He's so fucking scrappy. I think you meant to say Dean Douglas. You made an error. Let me write down error. No, please. Error means you've made a mistake. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That gimmick does not get old. I'm going to tell you right here, I think that gimmick's really going to go places. That's right. Damien Sandow let it go. Therefore, it is mine to be had again. Well, so, it sounds like you want to be in the WWE title picture, is that right? That's right, because I'm currently unemployed. Let me write that down on the chalkboard. Unemployed. Well, that it means I am without a job. I'm certainly not familiar with what that means, but uh, I should say, Mr. Douglas, Dean Douglas. What you said right there was sarcastic. Oh, Let God. me write down the word here. Sarcastic. Okay. That means you were not being sincere. No, that's this is true. This is true. Uh, well, how how would how do you think you'd best be utilized in a program with Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar. Winning. Let me write that down for you. <laughs> Winning. That means to not lose. Well, so do you want to go straight to the top, or do you want to have some sort of program that gets you into the title picture? I'd like to go straight to the top. I'm a lot older than I was previously, and it would be great to win the championship and then throw it down on the ground and start a new revolution. The Hardcore Revolution. H-R-W. <laughs> ECW's gone. I need a new federation to start up. That's right, the Dean Douglas Federation. Maybe that. DDF. Oh, that's got a ring to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Uh, I couldn't help but notice the last time I saw you doing any sort of hardcore wrestling was right around One Night Stand territory. You did Hardcore Homecoming, homecoming right? That's right. Hardcore Homecoming, not Hardcore Homecoming, right? That's right. Okay. That Homecoming is not a word. Homecoming, let me write this down on the board here. Can you hear that in the microphone? Does this pick up on the audio? Yeah, I'm picking it up pretty well, yeah. 
Homecoming is a dance and also when one comes home. Indeed. Uh, now, that was sort of a different pay-per-view because a lot of the stars had been cherry-picked for One Night Stand, correct? Your Sabu. They got been... the leftovers, one could say. Oh, so you're saying that you got the, you put on the primo show with Hardcore Homecoming. Any show with Dean Douglas is the primo show. And I should feel like I should probably point out, when was Hardcore Homecoming? Was that 2003? 2000... It lives in all of our hearts for all of time. Oh, okay, alright. No need to figure out what the date is. No, but it's available on DVD. Now, that's uh, now. When could, where could someone get that? Is that at a merch table somewhere? or? Anytime you see me, I'll have it readily available. Okay. Available. Let me write that down for you. Can you pick this up on the microphones? Yeah, can you hear this all right? Yeah. Available means at hand. <laughs> all right, so it sounds like you want to be in the title picture. You don't want to have a storyline build up. You just want to show up right there and be ready for it. Kind of like a biker taker showing up and then being immediately into the title what picture. What a hack gimmick that was. <laughs> the biker taker? That's right. Are you kidding? How he was, he was more aggressive and more threatening as Biker Taker than Dead Man Undertaker ever is. What another hack gimmick that was. The under... Are you kidding me? What did he ever do for the business? Uh, defined gimmicks. Are you kidding? He's, he's an Undertaker. He used to wear a tie. I used to wear a tie? No, Undertaker did. I don't understand what you're talking about. The Undertaker oh, used to wear a tie. Oh, when he came out, yeah, it was like a big ascot. Ascot. <laughs> Let me write that down for you. Oh, I'd love to hear the definition of this. Really wide tie. Oh, thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Oh, I'll remember, I'll remember that when I'm on some sort of game show and it all comes down to Ascon. Well, see, that's you trying to reach for something that you probably won't be able to attain on a game show when instead you just show up and say, give me the prize. Yeah, that's, that's what I want. That's what you want. I want the prize given to me because I've been in the business for quite some time now and I think everyone's clamoring for Dean Douglas. The WWE has a big conspiracy going on right now. Do you know what that conspiracy is? Uh, is it the network? The conspiracy oh. is the fans are chanting Dean Douglas and the WWE is piping in CM Punk. Oh, well, honestly... Which we all know CM Punk stole my gimmick. Uh, which gimmick is that? Being the champion for a really long time. <laughs> you know what, honestly, Dean Douglas, I'd be excited to see you in WWE, but I'd want the red-faced, blonde-haired, sort of angry gremlin guy, not Dean Douglas. I want Shane Douglas. I want the guy who's super pissed at everybody for not getting his due. Vince McMahon made it perfectly clear, even though his son is dead to him, I cannot use Shane Douglas. Oh, man, that'd be great if you came into the picture as an adopted son, and then Shane McMahon came back and just took over the company forever and just did all the wildest booking he ever wanted. Backseat Booker. Let me write that down for you. No, that's not, write not, down that's not me. That's Booker? just a dream. It's just a dream. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, but there should be a dash between Backseat and Booker. Oh, I made an error. Which translates to a mistake. Look, if I could just get a handout. Let me write that down. Handout, I could... Oh, you missed out the dash on handout also. Oh, spare change. If I could just get some spare change, that would really help uh, me out. I'm sorry, Dean Douglas. Spare change does not have a dash between spare and change. <laughs> and you seem to have done that. Give me some fucking money, will you? Hey, Shane Douglas! Yeah! Give me some fucking money. You want some singles? Yeah. Give me some fucking money before oh, I break yeah, the fucking here, neck. Here, Give me uh, some fucking money. That's like 
Seven dollars? Yeah, all right, seven yeah. bucks. Yeah, no. don't don't you fucking don't you fucking give me shit, kid. I won't. I won't. I started ECW. Okay, I I believe you. Don't you fucking forget it. I won't. <sighs> Francine, warm up the car. <laughs> it is time for jerk tweets. Be sure to follow us at Curtain Jerks on Twitter and send us your hashtag jerk tweets. That could be anything. They could be questions of a podcast. It could be. Wrestling-related questions, comments, whatever you want. And, and that's how we know how to read them on the podcast, because it's a hashtag jerk tweet. Exactly, Steve. Exactly. Uh, we got one here from Benjamin Arier. says, As Jack Swagger's now a celebrity, do you think he'll be a part of the up-and-coming movie Celebrity Death Pool? Now, that's... I just read about that for the first time a couple days ago. That's the one Hogan's in? Is it? I think so. Okay. I think Hasselhoff's in it also. Oh. Is that the one that Bacchidol's in? Because he's in a Hasselhoff movie. Yeah, I think he is. Bacchidol's also going to be on Gotham. No! So, yeah, uh, a few days ago when this comes out. No shit? Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. He plays Falcone. No, that'd be great. Oh, though. my God. Yeah. He uh, plays Taggart, dude! <laughs> uh, How many I'm... random Batman characters could you just pick out of a hat? Uh, Riddler. <laughs> no, no, um... random. Not, like, the obscure ones. Like, Oh, okay. Robin. <laughs> um... Lady Shiva. <laughs> um, uh, like, mm, I don't know. Like, Renee Montoya, Bullock. Uh, <laughs> Bullock. Uh, <laughs> you mean Bullock? <laughs> Bullock! <laughs> um... They're donuts! You eat them! <laughs> Donuts, <laughs> not dates. <laughs> Bullock. Uh, okay, uh, a little, a little uh, background on uh, what we're talking about, I guess. And then we'll reread the jerk tweet and answer it. Well, uh, Dan Backetall is uh, someone we've worked with, uh, a fellow improviser out of uh, Chicago and Vegas, and been in a bunch of movies and stuff lately. And um, it's always been someone I've looked for a reason to have on this podcast. And now I guess we have one if he's in a wrestling movie. Yeah, I should also point out Scott's incredibly downplaying it. This is one of the best improvisers on the planet. He's oh, hilarious. Yeah. And he handpicked Scott to perform with him. He was like, out of every... And like, it was great. We were at Second City in Los Angeles. And you could see and feel the scowls from other people when back at all. was like, yeah, I want to work with Scott. And other people were like, uh, you know, I'm available. And, like, Scott is always very humble about it, but Scott's a pretty cool guy, everybody. Well, don't worry, everybody. Dan Bacchidol is now a TV and movie star. Uh, you can, you know what? The best place to check him out, like, one of the best things he's ever done is the TV show Legit, which is available on Netflix. It's the Jim Jeffries show. He plays uh, DJ Qualls' brother. Like, he's the older guy, a uh, little paunch belly and, and bald head. He's also on Veep as that awesome fucking senator who just rips everybody to shreds. He's also in the movie The Heat, which I've never seen yet, and he's got, he's the albino. Like, yeah, he's good in it. Oh, fuck. Like, he's, he's killing it wherever he's going, and he's going to be on fucking Gotham. Now I have to watch that show. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I guess he's in the new WWE movie. That's super fucking exciting. And uh, I really, maybe I'll reach out to him and say, like, hey, you got to be on the podcast, man. You gotta hey, talk we can about tell it. our fans to reach out to him on, uh, let's just, we'll find out what his Twitter handle is and tell people to tweet at him and tell him Kurt Jerks. I think it's his at back at all, which yeah, is B-A- K -K Good luck spelling that. B a k k e d a h l. So, so anyway, we don't know the guy. We just want him on the podcast. Uh, like, uh, so he, he. God, where do we fucking go from here? Okay, we go back the to the celebrity question. death pool movie. Um, do you, do I think he'll be in that movie? Boy, it seems like he, Swagger has tried to 
disassociate himself from WWE when he's been on our podcast and just... Yeah, he's always talking about his big new projects and stuff like that, which really sounds like an intro for him to show up, <laughs> but he's not here today. No, uh, yeah. I think he'll probably be on the podcast next week, would be my guess, but... Yeah, I think so. Now we have to book Jack Swagger to be on the show. Yeah, because the dickhead won't be on the show. He's not our general manager anymore. Um, I'd rather see him in some pro-America sort of... Uh, yeah, what what WWE movie would you want to see him in? Honestly, I'd love to see Jack Swagger as like captain the wrestling team in like a high school comedy. That seems a little on the nose, doesn't it? Yeah, Steve? but you imagine like a Mean Girls style comedy with Jack Swagger sort of being like the big man on campus. I guess so. That'd be pretty great. I picture him uh, as the as the rival, like a Craig Kilborn type in a uh, in the Hangover, in like an Adam Sandler. Oh, the Hangover, Craig Kilborn. Yeah, was I like think Kilborn ben- was on in the Hangover, right? No, I don't think so. He was in Benchwarmers. Oh, he was in Old School. That's what. Yeah, yeah, Old School. God, Luke Wilson, Bradley Cooper—they fucking interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Phillips has made the same movie over. It's like a Strokes album. It's like I love this song. Oh, and I love this song too. And this song and this song. Oh, it's on repeat. My mistake. Oh, I thought they were different songs. Uh, boy, that that'd be great. Uh, I think Swagger. I'd be curious to see Swagger in an action movie. I think it'd be rather odd. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I, you know what I picture him as? Is playing He's too big of, for a gun. Yeah, but that's why I was going to say I picture him with a sword. Like one of the samurai guys that uh, Dolph Lundgren fights at the end of Punisher. Spoiler alert, everybody, for 1988's <laughs> classic film, The Punisher. Or what about... Uh, Remember he enters that room and it's all red and there's yeah. the two samurai sculptures and they, they're actually dudes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rad. <laughs> So fucking rad. Rank the Punisher movies. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. That's <laughs> Punisher, number one for you? Number one. Really? And then Punisher Warzone, number two, and okay. then number three is The Punisher. Right, right, right. The one with Kevin Nash. Yeah. Because and that's... honestly, if you combined all three of those movies, just you... re-edited them all together, you'd have the best Punisher movie ever made. That's true. And Punisher Warzone is pretty fucking great. I just It's like, pretty good. There's yeah. a couple of moments where you're like, what happened here? Yeah, but I like... For Jigsaw me, reminds me of Johnny LaQuasto. Really? Yeah. I met, I think I met LaQuasto once. So I, I would think so. You interviewed him years ago. That's the one time I met him. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. the creepy... And then the creepy guy who's friends with uh, Jigsaw's brother. That's weird. The creepy that, guy from dude, Lost. And uh, Is he? Yeah, he's on Lost. He plays one he's of the best... He's Mile. He's the... He's a scumbag. Yeah, but he, he's the one guy who goes, when they go to the 70s and lost. Spoiler alert oh, for a TV yeah. show from four years ago. Because he gave him all that hair. Yeah, and then he was married to a child bride. What? He married like an 18-year-old. In real life? In real life. They just they just broke up. Scott, they just broke up. What? Courtney Stodden? Courtney Thorne-Smith? Yeah, well, well, boy. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> I can't wait for the romantic comedy of you two together. <laughs> Steve Sears and Courtney Thorne-Smith. Yeah, is it called robbing the the dorm room? I don't know. Uh, look, I play eighteen to twenty two, and that is it. <laughs> um, what was the question? Jack, did we <laughs> Benjamin? Did we cover it well for you? Uh, Benjamin, are you on the line? Do we think he'll be in that movie? I I don't think so. I think he's gonna be in other movies, and I think we'll hear about it pretty soon. Honestly, you know what I think would be great with Jack Swagger is if he really cut loose and had a really good time. Playing Colonel America in the Marvel Zombies movie. Mm. I think if you have like just 
cast superheroes like the comic book, the G.I. Joe commercial where everybody's wearing their costumes no matter where they are on the planet. Right. Like, you have Arctic in fucking a full, like, snow suit in a jungle. Just have everybody in bright colors, have everybody in spandex, and do the Marvel Zombies movie. And quick kick in the nightclub. Yeah, quick kick in, in a, a nightclub, but just pants, no no shoes, <laughs> just Ninja Star sash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy. And then any of the Dreadnoughts. Or the Dreadnoughts wearing their neon shit, just walking around. <laughs> in a mall. In a mall, yeah. With oh, go, go, oh, those guys are up to no good. And then you have the DEF show up, all the, the crime uh, drug dealer, mm-hmm. G.I. Joes. Um, anyway, have that. Have a Marvel movie. They're going to do Civil War. But it's like, if you're going to do Marvel Zombies, do it big. Do it like a Roger Corman movie or do it like... Oh, God, I, f- I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy almost opened the door to be like, yeah... Have a superhero dress as crazy as the inmates. Or the bar scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I want a superhero movie where it looks like the Mos Eisley Cantina or the bar scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. You want people to look different. The first G.I. Joe movie, everybody dressed the same. Avengers, yeah. everybody has sort of a streamlined uniform. Yeah. It's like... An X-Men. An X-Men. They put everybody in the black leather. Yeah, at least they put them in blue and yellow in, uh, in uh, first class. Yeah. But I feel like cast big like with wrestlers for like a big superhero movie and then you have zombies and you actually got something going on yeah it's it's really amazing and swagger's got a lot of work to do because he's got to catch up to kurrigan (laughs) scott you know what time it is uh no it's time for the drawing for the winning of the WWE Network one-year subscription. That's right. Uh, as promised, we said we we're going to announce the winner on the show. Uh, we had a lot of awesome feedback. Many of you saying like, hey, you know, I, I would have done this anyway without the prize, which is very kind of you, but you didn't. So <laughs> we gave you a prize in order to course you to do it. But no, you guys have been awesome. You've been listening. And I am guilty of this own thing of I, I am a lazy uh person when it comes to interacting with the things that I really enjoy um, where I'm, I'm not giving that feedback or giving something in return but the, the rates and reviews and the follows all that is huge for us it is such a big thing so a prize like this was just easy to give up and you guys it's hard to explain what each of those things mean to us not just on a personal level but what it does for us on sort of a business level like it helps us grow bigger and show up in the charts and do all that stuff like it it puts us on the map so all of you participating it helped us out a ton and now we're going to draw a winner out of steve's hat to see who wins the wwe network subscription for one full year oh these got real sharp edges yeah they're they're post-it notes steve they're very sharp oh i got one you got oh oh yep yep that one yep there it is there it is all stuck up within itself who we got who's the winner all right forgive me if i mispronounce this but rishi natwani you are a winner whoa rishi natwani let me see let me see what i wrote maybe my yeah that's it rishi natwani all right excellent congratulations you won a one-year subscription to the wwe network courtesy of curtain jerks yes uh, Cole Cabana do that shit? Uh, Scott didn't think we were going to give you recommendations, but check out <laughs> Uncensored 99. It's pretty good. Flair and Hogan, I think. 
part 87. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let everybody know if you haven't heard already. Well, what the fuck am I saying that for? <laughs> I think you just found out. <laughs> Look, Rishi, in case your friends have been calling you up because they listened to this podcast before you, you're a winner. <laughs> yes, yeah, so congratulations. Thank you, everybody, for your feedback. Like I said, maybe we'll be doing a TNA one soon where you're going to get a full year of TNA or, or other stuff, too. Like, it just... Just ways of, of trying to give back to you guys because it's it's fun doing the show and, and we love giving back to you guys. Um, so yeah, congratulations, Rishi. Congratulations. We've covered a lot this week. We've given away a huge prize. We have uh, had the bitter wrestling fan come in here. We've had Dean Douglas, who was not the bitter wrestling fan. <laughs> no, very different. Both of those guys, very different <laughs> points of view. I think, honestly, a transformation in the character arc for both of them, obviously, Scott. <laughs> uh, and uh, this is this story that came out this week. Breaking like a Ming Voss in a Kung Fu factory, am I right? Oh my god. Um, this is what this podcast lives for. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, uh, how but, a wrestler poops is one thing. Yeah, but Scott looking at wrestling news... Today and he was like mainstream bullshit, mainstream bullshit, mainstream what? Because yeah, I don't like to look at all this stuff. I don't like to see this the skews and the slants on stuff or and the zippers and the dops and the dipper dows. Yeah, like I just want to enjoy it and watch. But occasionally, with Steve and I like we'll prep for the show and look at what's going on just to maybe have some jumping off points. But no. A fucking nugget of gold just jumped into our pan. Yeah, like, ordinarily, you've got to get all that silt and bullshit out of there. But these are, like, they're talking about a big old nugget fist. Fist of nugget gold. If you guys don't know about this, while you're looking at this on iTunes, go ahead and rate and review Curtain Jerks on there. You know, subscribe, rate and review, give us five stars, and uh, say some nice words. Like we said before, that helps us out a lot. And uh, you don't need nine ninety nine, and that might be for a reason. I don't know specifically. Actually, Scott, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> never mind. That's probably what your point is. Sorry. Yeah, my point, because you're looking right now. iTunes is blowing up with this. A wrestler, well-known in the wrestling community, has a new CD available, a new album, and it's only $9.90. That is a saving of $0.09 cents when compared to... And, you know, granted, we're giving away the WWE Network. Mm -hmm. But if you had to pay for it at $9.99... Uh, you're this, missing out. You're missing out. Because this album is $9.90. And, uh, well, I'll this, just... Yeah. This is... Uh, the title of this album is Bringing Sexay Back. By Gr by, geez, <laughs> by, by by Brian Christopher. By, by Grandmaster Sexay himself, Brian Christopher. And if anything, you have to look at the cover art alone. It looks almost like uh, a, a Ken Anderson impersonator, a Mr. Kennedy impersonator, if that's better well known to you. Um, it looks like a rap album from the 90s, <laughs> like from the late 90s, where in like... They'd have some guy with his shirt off who was standing in front of an explosion with, like, tanks doing wheelies. Like, a, it looks like a Master P album cover. It's incredible. And you think that's great? This is the most generous uh, song previews I have ever heard, Scott. Like, you thought I bought the album on your iPad. I got scared. I have a road trip coming up, and I'm like, I got a limited budget for this thing, and I got to buy the network for somebody. Holy shit, man. Don't buy this fucking album yet. No. I'm going to get paid again in a couple weeks. Let me buy it then. And no, I was listening then. to 90 second previews that they have of this album. It is incredible. It, it is absolutely phenomenal. 
again, I want the listener to be fully aware if you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. No, Grandmaster Sexay from Too Cool, former WWE Tag Team Champion. Somebody say my name. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I'm oh, oh, no, no. Oh, God damn it all. <laughs> Christopher, Grandmaster Sexay, the artist of the new album, bringing Sexay back. Oh, he's dancing right now. Will you do your shovel? The shovel was always my favorite. Oh my god, such jilted motions in your shovel dancing. He's here in... Yeah, Brian Christopher Memphis. <laughs> you have a new album! You have a new album! I'm bringing the sex A back, uh, yeah. Um, you have a new album with ten tracks. Ten ball-busting tracks that get you ready in the mood for some real rockin', some real mat action, yeah. You have, I, God, we could dedicate a whole show to this, to this CD. Did you listen to any of the previews I, on iTunes? I think I listened to half of them. Um, it was hard because it was blowing my mind each time. What's your favorite song? Maybe I can lay down some beats for you. My favorite? You're gonna make me choose? This is like a Sophie's Choice scenario. You know, a lot of people have seen that movie and they don't really realize it's more about the actual relationships of the characters than the actual Nazi situation. Well, (laughs) you're making me choose between all my favorite children that is your album. Um, okay. Uh, God, I can't believe that Kevin Klein's in that movie. Did you know that? Kevin Klein is in the movie Sophie's Choice. I've heard that. It's just hard to prep yourself to sit down and watch that movie when you know what it's about. It's a great movie. Yeah, Memphis. You know what's a great album? Uh, Bring in Sex A back? Oh, yeah. Do you have any songs in here about Sophie's Choice? Let's see what we got. Would that be Going Down, the first track available on the album? No, Going Down's my ode to Nine Inch Nails. Bit of a dark wave classic in the making. Young Memphis. Okay, well, uh... Not so hard as Skinny Puppy and not so light as Orgy. Just a nice, delicate balance of late Cabaret Voltaire, early Depeche Mode, and a bit of the pretty hate machine. Young Memphis. uh, Nine Inch Nails. Okay, uh, well, you also have a, a track called Jabroni. Ooh, a lot of people made, think that's made famous by The Rock, but that's a wrestling term everybody uses back besides The Rock, but nobody says it besides The Rock out in public. Uh, right, and it, it sounds incredibly similar. I'm not sure if it's quite a parody of Hound Dog done by Elvis Presley, but it's it sounds very, very similar to that. Well, uh, what'd, you, what'd you think? I do. I, it's, it's, it's right on the... The tip of my brain, where I have to say, like, it, it sounds very similar. Is Was that your intention? Was it a parody? No, it was just me laying down some tracks with my friend Dave in a garage. A lot of MIDI tools and pro uh, pro tips. <laughs> what are pro tips? That's just a song where you don't have a, a studio band. Oh, I see. Oh, so you didn't play any instruments? No, no, no. I was just singing into a microphone. It was my friend on a keyboard and a computer. Okay. Memphis. <laughs> Why do you keep saying Memphis? That's where I'm from. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you didn't get the message, because I got the message, track six. <laughs> yep. And then also track nine, it's a Memphis thing. Uh-huh. And then track four, Memphis Brews. Right. So, yeah, so you got Memphis in there. Cause... Yeah, number one, going down, it's about beating somebody down real hard in the ring. But also a lot of people, if they're northern, they'll be going down to Memphis. I see. Yeah, Memphis. Um, and track ten which is getting a lot of uh, notoriety. There's even a single available of you and your father, Jerry the King Lawler, singing about puppies. That's right, women's breasts. <laughs> Memphis. Um, which, wh- how, did, how did that song come about? Puppies? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, well, it's a song about women's breasts, so I just think that people need to know how much I enjoy the fine female's figure right below the neck and above the abdomen. I'm sorry. I'm more composed, generally, when talking to a guest about uh, something they've worked on creatively. I'm sorry. Is my shirt unbuttoned too much? It really is. It really is unbuttoned too much. Well, we'll do a few buttons up just for you. A Memphis, a Memphis, a Memphis. (laughs) Um, God, this album. Have you read the reviews on this? Oh, hit me with them. Okay, would you like me to do that? Sometimes we, we've we done dramatic... I can tell I got five stars on it already. Uh, well, on some of them. You know, we do a segment sometimes on the show, dramatic readings of, uh, of things, uh, wrestling comments. So would you would you want me to do some of those now for you? Please. Okay. Please. Yum. This one is from Muzak Man 600 Five stars. The Grandmaster is back. Well done! I grew up on Memphis Wrestling, and Memphis Thang really brought back memories. Ah, thank you! Thank you, Muzak Man 600 I appreciate it. Where is he? Where is he? Uh, he's not here. He's on the internet. I'd like to shake his hand. Or oh. give him a bit of an arm bar. No, I'm just kidding. That's a wrestling term. I'm not gonna hurt him. You know what? Uh, I, I don't want to read this next one. I have a I have a perfect guest who's in our breakfast lounge right now. In our guest breakfast lounge. Uh, the, the, uh, Bitter Wrestling fan. Bitter Wrestling fan, would you want to come in here, please? Oh, wait, well, hold on. Uh, well, just, just a second. Uh, how do you do? I know you. You snubbed me at an indie show one time when I wanted a Polaroid. Hey, look, man, I see a lot of people at indie shows, and I'd like to do what I can for each of my fans, but you... smell. It's because my diaper's loaded. I'm gonna read this review by Joseph Richard T., One star. Really? I'm at a loss for words after listening to this album. I'd like to bash it and tell you all how horrible it is, but this album has attained a level of cringe-inducing pity and empathy I've never experienced before, thus making it difficult. Just look at the album cover. It screams D-bag, and the music is only an amplification of that. Brian Christopher, you are horrible on the ring, and you're horrible on the mic. All right, okay, that's a... Shoot, shoot, get out of here. Oh, shovel dancing. Shoot, shoot, get out of here. Ow. Shoot, shoot, you get out of here. I'm, you know what, Brian Christopher, Grandmaster's XA, I, I'm really sorry that he... That was very mean-spirited. That was just one review. Grandmaster's XA, Brian Christopher, please. If you... Uh, please. I'll, I'll read, say we'll, we'll end the review segment on a positive. I'll, I'll read one more. Uh, Thanks, this- man, I... I I'd appreciate it. That I put a lot of heart and soul into that album. I, I, I tried to get Jeff Hardy to produce it for me, <laughs> Memphis, but he was busy. You're so. sweating a lot right now. Is I, any... Those are tears. Oh. Those are tears. <laughs> I see. Those uh, are Lawler tears. They could cut through a stripper. <laughs> Scott, compose yourself. I, Brian Christopher is having a moment. I can't. What's wrong with how I cry? Just because a single teardrop could... Burn a hole through a poor dancer as if she was gyrating and suddenly, like a piercing laser beam of salty water just cuts through her. I just... I hope she's of age. Uh, uh, Genius! Five stars! This one's by Dantron Boldine. Brian Christopher's best work since his series of matches with Taka Michinoku in 97. You know what? Thank you, Memphis. I'm not, that's a big Memphis thank you to, to Danton Bolden. I, Dan Tron, excuse me, he's a robot. You know, you, you know, there's nothing inhuman and robotic about what you said. That series of Taku was probably one of the best old matches I had out there in the WWE. So, Taco? What do you got? 
What? What do you got? Did you call him? No, read me another one. That's great. That's probably the best review anybody could have for now. God, we should end on that one because there's only one more and it doesn't go well. Uh, right here. Why don't I read one? I see one right here. Okay, oh, no. you ready? Oh, no. This is uh, by Harvey Two-Face. Okay. <laughs> what? Huh? One star. What on earth just happened here? I mean... My God. What? I'm a God I'm a God musician. Huh? How about that? Memphis style. God lives in Memphis and his name is Elvis Presley. Living about 300 miles away from him in a small apartment complex. Brian Christopher. I, you know. You got Graceland, now you got Laceland. I she think, left it on the old door jam. Know what I mean? Oh, I, Memphis. God, I hope she was of age. I think there's a lot of interpretations of how people can read things on the internet. And that's a great positive spin. Which is what we don't want the bitter wrestling fan to get a hold of, and that's that's a good way of looking at it. I that. appreciate. It. Thank you for all buttressing the old confidence of mine. I'm Memphis. I appreciate. It. It makes a big difference to me. Look, it, this album, I am going to get very soon. And I promise you. I promise you. I'm going to leave a rate and review on iTunes, and I I really hope that other fans check out this album, and maybe they leave some comments as well if you if they indeed partake in the album. Because this is, this is really something else. This is... Hey, put it on the old iPod. I'd love to hear it sometime. If you ever... Well, I'm probably never going to see you again. But I'm on a big whirlwind tour for it. But alright. Are you selling CDs of this? Yeah, you can find CDs of it wherever I am. You'll have them for sale? Did you need one? You? Did you need a CD right now? I... Uh, there sounds like there's a lot of loose bits in there. <laughs> oh, this one... I sat on this one. I'm wait, sorry, I sat wait, on this yeah. Oh yeah, I sat on this CD. You don't want that one. Um, Unless you got a magical CD player that plays pieces of CDs. Well, I, I, Piece of CD. I really hope any of our listeners that happen to see you at an independent show or anything like that, they say, Curtain Jerks told me to buy your album. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I hope, you know what? I'd love to sell people this album in person. And I'll be there. You see a merch table, make sure Brian Christopher Grandmaster Sex is behind it and buy that album. Because if someone else is behind that table and they're selling that CD... Might be a friend of mine or a girl or something like that. Oh, God. What's... Are you going to make another album? Hey, just got to see how this one goes first. But I got a couple other ideas out there. Oh, God. If, I like combining the word Memphis with other adjectives or verbs or nouns. Do you think maybe we'll ever get like a We Are The World album with you, Jeff Hardy, and John Laurinaitis? You know what? That John Laurinaitis guy's a real piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Brian Christopher. Grandmaster Sexay. I'm bringing it back. Now I'm taking it back out to my Impala. See y'all later. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, Scott. Um, could we listen to that album when you get it? Please? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because I noticed when I listened to all the previews, I actually thought they were the entirety of the song, but each preview ends right as he starts singing his second verse, right where the fourth verse should be. Oh, my God. So, like, the, you get into this sort of weird sort of instrumental place, and then he either says, time to dance, or, like, and now another story I'm gonna tell you. Like, you, like each, when the trailer, like, this is probably the, this is one, well, one, it's a lot of waffling on my part. Like, I think I started <laughs> about eight sentences right there. But they are very generous previews, and it's like you, it's almost like each one is a full song, but then they continue. It's very exciting. Very oh, exciting. This, uh, what a great time for wrestling right now. Uh, God, just just a gem and treat. If you guys get the album, please let us know your thoughts on it, because I'm excited for it. I'm going to get it 
after my trip because I would not put my lady friend through that on a car trip. <laughs> I want to be able to remain with her for the entirety of the trip. But if for some reason you guys are listening to this episode right now on the road trip, <laughs> it's available on iTunes. Grandmaster Sex A bringing Sex A back. Sex A is spelled S E X. A Y. Oh man, if I misspelled the misspelled word "sexy," I would have been. I don't know. Probably proud of myself. God, it's a jam-packed episode this week. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, congratulations again to Rishi Natwani. Gonna contact you and figure out how we can get that subscription to you. Um, because I'm sure it's by email. I don't know. It's technological stuff. We'll figure that shit out. Um, and then uh, Bound for Glory is this Sunday. I would love to hear from you guys, too. You can email us your stories at uh, curtainjerks at gmail.com or tweet us. I, I, I want to hear the reactions about the show. I want to get other fans' perspectives. Don't just go in hating. This is a fucking crazy show. This is, uh, what do we say, Image Comics versus... A Valiant. Valiant. Or Dark Horse. Yeah. This is weird shit. Support weird wrestling shit. <laughs> Much like Grandmaster Sexay's album. Oh, God. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. But speaking of Bound for Glory, uh, don't forget to tweet at, at Mark Warzeka. That's at M-A-R-C-W-A-R-Z-E-C-H-A. And ask him if I, Steve, can watch Bound for Glory at his house on Sunday. <laughs> I, uh, you guys I, have a fallen out or some shit? No, no. I'm sure I can send him a text. I just think it'd be really interesting if people contacted him through Twitter. Oh, and, yeah. then I'm all on board. At Mark Warzeka, <laughs> ask if Steve Sears can go... And watch Bound for Glory at his house. Ask if you can come along too, yeah. listeners. And then also ask him how uh, the how the current state of theater is. Oh, this is amazing. We love you guys so much. For Curtain Jerks, I'm Scott Narber. I'm Steve Sears. Enjoy your wrestling, kids! You've just listened to another episode of Curtain Jerks on the Comedy Podcast Network. Ah, oh, free entertainment. Who doesn't love free entertainment? I love it. It's free and I'm entertained. Uh, we don't ask for money. We don't ask for uh, uh, gobs of money. We don't ask for much. You don't need a credit card to ride this train. No way. But we uh, do ask for something in return. We ask that you help us out. Uh, you help us out in the numbers out there in the wrestling world and that you share us. You get on SoundCloud.com slash Curtain Jerks and you follow us on there. You add to those numbers so it increases and other people can see that this podcast is something to jump onto, that this is funny and this is good and that you like it and then you can share it. You can repost it on there and you can like the episodes and comment on them too. And when you share it and you repost it, if you've been commenting, everybody gets to see what you're saying. You know what that is? That's publicity for you, the listener. Yeah, you may get more followers too out of this. Oh my god, it's it's all cyclical. Oh yeah, we make a funny joke, you make a funny joke based on that funny joke, that's called a callback. That's and, building on a joke. And then we get super pissed off that we didn't come up with that joke. They're like, son of a bitch, that guy's blocked. Yeah, that guy, I can't believe he made a joke based on our dick joke. He thinks he's the best dick joker. I'm gold dust blocking him. Yeah, with Lemuel. Mm-hmm. And so you get to do that, and that helps us out. That's huge. So obviously, share this podcast with your friends, and go to youtube.com slash podcast. Follow us on there. Subscribe. Like us. Uh, comment on our videos. you got your predictions videos on there for the pay-per-views. You've got your wrestler pronunciation manuals on there. We even had that JR's barbecue taste test on there. Yeah, maybe you forgot. It was delicious. 
It's a video sharing website. Share the videos as we share them with you. Yeah, getting interactive. We want your interactivity. We want to hear from you guys. We like talking with you as much as wrestling fans don't seem to like to do that. We actually do. Yeah, you know what? Look, I understand when people say the internet and they say wrestling and they think, you know what? Why doesn't anybody ever talk about wrestling on the internet? It's like there's no one's got any comments to make. I think everybody's got some comments to make. You do it on YouTube. Do it on SoundCloud. Guys, Triple H is a phony. He's trying to jump on the internet now with his Twitter and everything. And, and the WWE Network. He's pretending he's fan-friendly. We are fan-friendly. We're giving you a voice. Let's talk shit on Triple H together. Hand in hand, guys. Where's that ponytail after all, Triple yeah. H? What? I thought that guy had committed to his character, huh? Yeah. He's a really good guy, and it seems like he really knows what's going yeah, on, Yeah, he seems actually. like he's taking care of that new talent. Ah. Uh. Uh. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.